Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Swarfcast. Before we start, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love the show, please rate it and write a review on your podcast app or tell somebody about it. It really makes a difference for us and we'd appreciate it. Okay, on with the show. The best application for the cookie loader on any type of lathe is if you have a long cart, you know, like a shaft cart. Mm -hmm. The loader's work works excellent in that application. If they're running real well and they keep up with them, yeah, there's no reason why one operator couldn't, you know, run three machines. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. On today's show, we're talking about bar loaders for multi-spindle screw machines. Our guest is Chris Manning. Chris has been installing and repairing integrated bar loaders around the world for 20 years, primarily kooky bar loaders. Bar loaders may sound mundane at first, but they're actually quite expensive and complex equipment, which in the long run can save huge money for a high production shop. Today's podcast is brought to you by Graf Pinkert. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. I am really happy to have Chris Manning on the show today. Chris, uh, I often call you the barloader guru. <laughs> if Graf Pinkert has any question on bar loaders. Chris is always the guy that we go to. So, Chris, first, I'd like to hear a little bit about your background and, and what you do both uh, as a freelance and uh, where you're working right now. Okay. Like where I started off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to get your story. I started off uh, back in... Uh, 87, 1987, around the end of 1987, I started working for Highland Machine Company in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and actually started off as a chipper. And uh, I have like 36 machines. So, What is a chipper? That's where you go. You pull chips uh, from all the machines that are running, all the Acmes that are running, and uh, you got to spin them and get all the oil out of them and then, you know, take the chips out to the dumpster. So... I started off, you know, uh, doing that. And then, uh, I always wanted to, uh, you know, learn the acmes. I always told myself, you know, being a chipper, one of these days I'm going to learn how to do setups. And, and then, uh, I started off, uh, after the chipping, I, uh, started off as an apprentice for, took a four year apprenticeship program. And how old were you? I was, uh, I think I was 
18 years old. Okay. When I started. So, uh, so yeah, so Highland gave me the opportunity to get in the apprenticeship program and, uh, I completed that. And, uh, shortly after, uh, probably right around, uh, 1990, I went to work for, um, production screw machine. Where's that? That's in Dayton, Ohio as well. Okay. And what kind of machines did they have? They had Acme's and Davenport's. Mm-hmm. So I was also an apprentice at Highland. I was learning on the Acme's and Davenport's. So when I went over to production screw, you know, I was a Davenport Acme guy and, and, uh, I would rough them in, set them up and, you know, run jobs. And that's kind of where I started at from there. Were you always interested in mechanical stuff, even when you were a kid? Always, always. I, uh, I always worked on things, you know, I, I, I would always take things apart and put them back together. Uh, I've always been, you know, always, always done that as, as a kid, mm-hmm. whether it's bicycles or TVs or radios, I always had a fascination with, uh, taking these things apart and kind of experiment, experiment with them. But I also went through like a four year machine shop program through high school. Ah, okay. So through my freshman and senior year, I always had machine shop or or uh, some type of metalworking, you know, class. Uh, I just loved it. Okay, so so then you were at your second shop. You were running Acme's and Davenport's, and and then what? What was the next stop on your journey? Um, then I went from I worked at Production Screw Machine for about twelve years, eleven years. And then I end up going to work for Gossiger. Mm-hmm. And what what years are we talking? How long ago? Um, let's see. Uh, production screw machine. I'm thinking I started uh, Gossiger probably around '98. Okay. I'm thinking so. I was with Production Screw for about 12 years. So. Okay, and tell everybody who Gossiger is for those who don't know. Gossiger uh, is, uh, you know, Gossiger High Volume now. It used to be Maxim International. Um, they used to sell the Euro turns and service them. In, in Ohio, yeah. In Ohio, yeah. And uh, they no longer, you know, sell Euro turns. But, um, but yeah, I was with them in their heyday of, uh, of the Euro turns and uh, worked quite a few years with Gossiger. And, uh, they also sold cookie bar loaders. Um, so I end up when Pietro Cookie come to the United States, they split off with Gossiger and I end up moving to Chicago with Pietro Cookie. So were you working with, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Luca Lanzetta. Luca Lanzetta. You know, he's a neighbor of mine in Chicago. So you were working oh, nice. with, you were working with him? Yep. yep. Okay. He was my boss. Very good guy. So you were working with Gossiger in their bar loader department? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I did both. I did both, you know, the Euro turns and the bar loaders. Okay. So why why did you get put with the, the bar loaders versus the machines? Well, you know, Luca come come up from Italy. This is when he first come to the States and uh the contract was about up with Gossiger and Pietro Cookie. So uh, it was right there. And I forget what year it was. It was probably right around the 90s. I went to the IMTS show in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Went with Luca. And me and Luca talked, you know, uh, 
about me coming to work for him and uh and we made it happen and i i mean i really enjoy you know out of all the machinery i really like you know the bar loader business well what is it about bar loaders that uh that makes you tick well the bar loaders they go on all different types of machines so every machine is different and you specialize in in just multi-spindle bar loaders or ones for Swiss machines, ones for CNC lathes, everything? Yeah, a little bit of everything, but I mainly specialize in a multi-spindle. Um, but I also, you know, have done some work on the single spindles, uh, installed a few of them. Uh, but we mainly, you know, we mainly sold in the multi-spindle side of everything. Okay, kooky. Yeah. Okay. So... We'll get a little technical here. Okay. I think you've worked for IEMCA a little bit too later. Yeah, I was with them for about a year and a half. Okay. So, so what's, you know, first, you know, not everybody listening to this is that familiar with the integrated loader. First, give me the nitty gritty on how the, the integrated loader like a, a kooky works. And then, then I want to get a few differences between the IEMCA and the kooky, but you know, okay. it's, a, it's a pretty sophisticated machine, and you know, a lot of people in the screw machine industry don't even don't even exactly know. Uh, I, I so I think I think a, a lot of people are still not hip to the loaders. Would you say that's true? Yeah, um, there's a lot of people, you know, that especially the old timers, you know, they, you know, they they're used to the stock reel, and uh, and that's just what they're used to. So. I've seen a lot out in the field where, you know, a customer will buy a Pietro cookie loader and will integrate it to the, the machine. And, you know, some people like it, uh, some people don't. So, But if you're trying to cut people and you have a long part, that's when you need it. That's when you need it. That's the best, that's the, uh, the best application for the cookie loader on, a, on any type of lathe is if you have a long part, you know, like a shaft part. Mm-hmm. The loaders work works excellent in that application. How much does you know a new Kuki loader or Iemka loader cost for a multi spindle? I would say you know uh, the multi spindle, just a standard loader, and I may be way off, but I would say they're probably right around for a standard Kuki loader, brand new. I'd say probably roughly around one hundred twenty thousand. Wow, and are are the used ones have have are a lot of those obsolete? Uh, yeah, a lot of the older ones, the S5s, you know, the Siemens S5s. Like how old would those be? Like if if I was to look at a used machine and look at a kooky loader, when would I go, oh, this is worthless? I would say, you know, um, 90s, 90s, and uh, you know, 90s to 2000, um, you'll have the VT110s. Those are becoming more and more obsolete. Pretty soon, you won't even be able to buy the control panel for them. So, I would say if you get into the because uh, don't tell that to people. I have this Schutte, nineteen ninety nine. So, yeah, I would say stay clear of those. You know, if you can find a <laughs> for one two thousand model, I would say you know uh, keep your eyes open for those. Okay, tell me tell me how the the bar loader works. Okay, well, we replace the stock reel on, like, for instance, an Acme or a Davenport. And uh, so we integrate the bar loader to the machine. 
Um, and what the bar loader does is it automatically stocks up a new bar. It brings a remnant back, drops a remnant, loads the new bar in, and, and uh, inserts it into the channels and then runs it forward to the stock stop. And then we put it back in gear. The loader will put the machine back in gear and then it'll, it'll index and it'll, um, it'll just keep loading, you know, running all the bar material out down to a three inch bar end and then it retracts, loads a new bar up. You can often replace a, a, a person. One person can run two machines when you, when you have one. Yeah. If you have the standard bar loaders, you can actually probably, uh, have one person run three machines. Wow. If they're running real well and they keep up with them, um, yeah, there's no reason why uh, one operator couldn't, you know, run three machines. Now, if this is the thing that I've always hated about these loaders is that if you have a one inch machine, mm -hmm. you can't put an inch and three quarter bar loader on a one inch machine, right? No, no. So you have to find an exact match. You have to find the exact match. I mean, if you have a one inch machine, you can probably, uh, you can get up close to an inch, but you're going to have to go with ID collets, you know, so it grabs it internally. But yeah, you can't go much bigger than, you know, a one inch bar capacity. Because the machine frame, the machine frame is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, the, the cookie bar loaders, they go all the way from, uh, you know, uh, 916ths, um, all the way up to, I've seen them as big as a hundred millimeter. Wow. Which is huge. Yeah. So what is the disadvantage to having a Kuki loader or an Iemco loader? Well, if you, if you have a part that's running, you know, it's like a disc or, or a real short part, you know, I, I, I can't see anybody putting a, you know, a cookie bar loader on a machine that's running a very short part that takes hours to stock up. Somebody told me that it can get, that it's slightly less accurate if you put a loader on. Um, no, I mean, you mean as far as the loading and, um, like the piece is going to be, the piece is going to be slightly less. Is that true? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, as far as the accuracy goes, um, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna matter any. Listeners, do you have an idea for a future episode of Swarfcast? Or is your company interested in advertising on the Swarfcast podcast? If so, please send us an email at swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. That's swarfcastpodcast at gmail.com. So what's the difference between a Kuki and an Iemka? I don't want you to get into trouble, but I mean, yeah. if if no, you if you can be frank, mm -hmm. what what would be <laughs> what would be the best one to get? Well, to me, I mean, you know, uh, Iemkas they have really good single spindle bar loaders, mm -hmm. and they sell a lot of them. And Kuki is really the the best for multi spindles for big applications. Um, the with the fingers and a cookie bar loader, it absorbs the vibration and it runs really well. But what the, about I, like the yeah, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that's no, okay. No, the the IM because they have a like a cam type channel in it, 
and they're rigid. So if you get your own hex material in an Iamka, it really tears it up. Ah, okay. Hex is bad yeah. in Iamka, but a kooky can handle hex? Yes, it does. It handles it real well compared to an Iamka. But, you know, they both have their applications, you know. Um, Iamka is really good for really small material, like eighth inch or smaller material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you that's what I would go with. If I was going to run really, really small material, Interesting. I would definitely go with an Iamka. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so for those people who don't know, with Kuki, there is a Giovanni Kuki and a Pietro Kuki. You have the two brothers, Pietro and Giovanni. And, uh-huh. and what's the story with those guys? Give me, give me the, 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 the machining folklore. Well, I've been over Pietro Cookie, you know, and, uh, you know, when you pull down the drive of Pietro Cookie, you see the big Pietro Cookie building with the big gates. And along the side of the driveway, you have Giovanni's house and you have Pietro Cookie's house. But no more now because Timac owns Pietro. Yep, Timac bought him out. Andre but, but, bought him out. But before they were where? In northern Italy? Yeah, they was in uh, Bussero, Italy. So two brothers, and they had houses across the street from each other? Well, on the same property as Pietro Cookie. Giovanni had a pole barn in the back of his house. Um, <laughs> and that's where he started making the Giovanni loaders. Um, and they, they have actually come a long ways. So you know? were they together in the same business, and then they got angry at each other and left? Exactly. Is that what- yep, that's exactly what happened. I don't know the full details of you know what happened but you know they had some disagreements and and uh they parted ways they still lived on the same property with each other um but i heard never talked to one another so giovanni he started making his loaders in the pole barn which is really on the same premises as pietro cookie interesting yeah he was making his loaders in a barn at pole barn yeah a small pole barn when I was over there it was just a very small, small pole barn, probably 40 by 40 pole barn. Uh-huh. It was really small. That's the one I went over. So they, uh, they actually, now Giovanni has a, a nice building and they make some, uh, some, uh, really good bar loaders. Okay. So what's the difference? I know there is a little difference between the two. Um, it's designed a little bit different, you know, from the Giovanni to the Pietro Cookie, the channels are, are different. They got like a screw um, that that drives the bar forward on the older ones. And now they upgraded and uh, it's just like a Pietro Cookie now. There's really not that big of a difference in the way it operates. It, now it brings the bar back instead of kicking the bar end out, you know, out of the collet into the chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last couple of years, Giovanni redesigned the loader, and now it's really it really competes with the Pietro Cookie. And is is it around the same price point? Yeah, they're they're pretty close. I think the Giovanni there's you know it's a little cheaper than a Pietro Cookie. I don't know by how much, but I know you can pick the the Giovannis up a little cheaper than the um, than the Pietro Cookie. Interesting, but, but I can tell you the the quality. Of the Pietro cookie, I feel, just from my experience, uh, is a, still a little bit better than a Giovanni as far as the quality goes. Okay, okay. Um, and not saying, not taking anything away from Giovanni, it's still a nice loader. Okay, so 
what, what you know you're traveling around basically a lot of people have problems they can't get the technician to come from the loader from the loader company maybe the loader company is backed up and they call you what are the biggest problems you're finding it's really it's just lack of training or knowledge you know of the of the bar loader a lot of it is uh you know they just don't maintain the bar loader like they should you know mm-hmm. preventative maintenance so a lot of times i go into a shop and they'll have feed problems and i'll go in there and the rails you know the screws and the rails all the all the rails are bolted into place on the drum a lot of those screws will break and the customers will run them anyways mm-hmm. and then the rails will end up cracking in two um chains wearing out um customer will run those chains for 20 years you know uh and and never replace them so instead of replacing the chain they end up taking links out of it and then put master links in it so there's just a lot of things that that the customer uh creates their own problems with do you feel like the bar loader is often neglected rather than the machine people pay attention to the machine and it's just sort of an afterthought yeah the bar loader is uh more often neglected um, than any other part, you know, than the than the lathe itself. Yeah, they don't maintenance them at all until something actually breaks. What about those new uh, the MBL loaders on the index? Do you have any observations of those? Those are supposed actually, to be really good, right? That's the that's the one that Index is making now. If I'm mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Index is making their own bar loader. And I actually seen one at DuPage machine products mm-hmm. and they're really very good. nice loader. Very nice loader. It's very similar. If you look at it, it's a, it's a crossbreed from what I could see between a IMCA and a cookie bar loader. Interesting. So they just, they took the best of both. They took the best of both and they, they integrated it into their bar loader. I don't, you know, have much experience on them, but just from what I seen, it's very similar to, both the IM fin, the picture cookie. It looks like a very nice loader they made. Well, you are, you know, you're right in the thick of the the multi-spindle business. Uh-huh. So what trends are you seeing in the multi-spindle business? Are multi-spindles less popular now? People are buying more turning centers and... Yeah, I have seen a difference in uh, like uh, Acme's, Davenport's, um, People are, you know, going to the newer technology. You know, I, I, I'm seeing more and more index machines. Um, you know, the the new CNC uh, shoot does stuff like that. Right, but I'm talking about even those guys. Like, I know they're all backed up right now. Uh-huh. But do you feel like, like, I think we feel in the used market, there's a little bit less demand maybe for million dollar machines that. You know, when you could buy a couple Maradas for the price of an index. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I am seeing more and more. Actually, people are going to the like the Maradas. Um, I've seen those and a lot of single spindles um, compared to the, the cam machines, the multi spindle cam machines. I have seen, you know, I have seen um, more and more customers buying new machining centers and stuff like that than multi-spindles. I know of one place in Illinois that I believe is 
getting rid of all their multi-spindle screw machines. Well, you can you can tell that to me afterward, after the interview. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, you know, I think they're going more to, uh, you know, better technology like the milling centers, stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think there's still, uh, you know, there's a, a future for multi-spindles in the U.S., but it seems like, I don't know, it just seems like people are making the calculation that they may be more trouble than they're worth. And you, you see that a little bit? Yeah, I do. I do. I know quite a few customers that uh, uh, kind of sees it that way. Yeah. Before we wrap this up, what what is your favorite part of of your job, your work? I tell you that the the best part of my job is my travels and meeting new people, different cultures. I've met a lot of wonderful people and made a lot of friends. A lot of my customers, I don't consider my customers. I consider them a friend, and uh, that's the best part of my travels. I've traveled all over the place, you know, China, Italy, Germany. And I've met some really wonderful people. Oh, okay. So those people are asking you to come. Those people need you too, the people in China. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then I got to Korea. I go to uh, Seoul, Korea uh, next month uh, for about a month. So that's my favorite part of traveling is meeting new people and, and all the different cultures. That's, that's my favorite part of what I do. I agree. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I love working on the machinery, you know, but that's my favorite part of my travels, you know, is uh, just meeting good people. Do you, do you feel like there, that there are very few independent bar loader people like yourself? There's only, there's only a couple of us. I mean, as far as for the picture cookies, um, you know, like for the picture cookies, there's only me and one other guy in the States. Mm-hmm that handles the Pietro cookies. Do you ever, so sometimes people that have Pietro cookies, they'll just call you rather than cookie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Especially here in the States. Yeah. Well, there must be a lot of demand. There still is. You know, a lot of these older bar loaders, they're going obsolete and they're setting them out or replacing them. Yeah. I'm seeing less and less uh, as far as, ones I've serviced in, in the past years, you know, I've seen them all get set outside or get junked, you know. And that creates demand for you because you got to yes, connect them. How long does it take to connect a loader? Uh, I usually schedule myself on a brand new installation Monday through Friday. And usually the first two days I'm wiring it in and testing. And mm-hmm. then, um, uh, two days to line it up and install it. And then hopefully on the last day and a half, I'm training. But what if somebody had a regular screw machine and then they would have to get some like linkage put in to their screw machine in order to put the loader on? Well, you know, like say you get an Acme Gridley bar loader, for instance, it comes with the uh, coupling that goes down on the horseshoe collar. The only thing I found out about those is we have to we have to buy a special indexing gear because the teeth are not hobbed right. So we have to buy a slip gear for the Acme mm-hmm. to where we can line it up and then we drill and pin it. Um, that's the only thing we have to buy, you know, locally here. Everything comes with it: the coupling, 
everything to when you buy a new loader, everything comes with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So if you have a Euro turn or a Maurice whatever, and and you don't have you don't have a loader on it, are you going to have to do much surgery on the machine before you put the loader on it? Yeah. We all we do is like on a Euro turn, any of the machines, we take the whole feeding mechanism off because it's no longer needed with a with a loader. Yeah. So all the feeding mechanism and everything, uh, stock tubes, uh, everything, uh, pusher tubes, everything comes off of it. And then the loader takes the place of all that. So what's harder, taking uh, one with a loader and putting a just a regular stock reel on? Is that actually harder than putting a loader on to one that doesn't have a loader? Um, it just depends. I mean, because say if you have a loader on one and you're going to put a stock reel back on, you got to take all the electrical out of it and then you have to figure out all the emergencies and, you know, the interface, uh, reverse everything that you've done. So yeah, to me, it's a little bit harder going back, removing a bar loader and putting a stock reel back on versus removing a stock reel and integrating the, the bar loader to the machine. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I would have thought that it'd be harder to go the other way, but uh, you know, we've looked at deals where that was kind of the, the case and, well, um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I wish you all the best in the bar loader business. I know we'll be calling you again sometime soon. You guys, you're, I'm always here for you. You are always here for us, so thank always. you. Thank you so much. I'm honored.